0: Thank you for choosing to listen to episode number 29 of Kansas City Food Memories. Please remember that this is a taped presentation of a live show, so do not call or text in when prompted. If you do want to listen to it live, we are on every Saturday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. You can listen to it online at the Odyssey Lap or through uh, your radio here in Kansas City. Thank you. Sit back and enjoy. This is Robert Dunzing, and thank you for tuning in today to Kansas City Food Memories. We're live every Saturday at 10 a.m. to take a stroll down memory lane and talk about the good old days. We share stories about our favorite restaurants, food, people, and places from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. This show is made possible because of your support of Best Regards Bakery and Cafe. My wife, and I, uh, my wife Sherry and I, we absolutely love Kansas City and view this show as an extension of our bakery and restaurant. This is pretty much who we are. I originally decided to call this Kansas City Food Memories, as food is what binds us all together as a wonderful community. However, this show is about more than just food. It's also about the people and the places that help us define what Kansas City really is. And if you've not yet done so, today will be a good time to put this phone number into your phone. The phone number is 913-586-7798. I do that fast for Toby, but the number is 913-586-7798. Now, that phone number will go into the call line, so when we start taking calls, uh, uh, just be patient with Rocco. He's got eight different phone lines that he has to watch, and only one Rocco. So just let it ring when you do that. Also, if you want to send a text in, because, well, your voice is recognizable and you're on the witness protection list, so um, you can just send in a text to that same number. Again, that's 913-586-7798. Now, today's guest actually falls under the category of interesting people. I've heard him several times back in the, gosh, 80s and 90s on the Mike Murphy show. And as uh, the regular listeners know, that I absolutely loved Mike Murphy and his show and the way, he, the kindness he treated with everybody and the stories that he told. And so it's um, that my guest was part of that. He also had his own radio show for 23 years that a lot of people probably don't know he did that long. And he was, and something I didn't know, he was syndicated for a while on over 60 stations around the country. So I'll have to ask him about that. He's also been in the home of several of the guests that I've had on the show, Marilyn May and John Francis and some of those. And Roger, welcome to the show. Well, I'm glad to be here, Robert. So um, people, there's a lot of people that recognize your name. They probably know you better under a different name. What is that?
1: Roger the Plumber. Roger the Plumber.
0: (laughs) So Um, how did you, um, tell me about Mike Murphy. Let's start with that.
1: uh, My buddy, my pal Mike. (laughs) Yeah. But... uh, I did work for him. you know he, he, he that was his stage name. He had right. another name yep. and uh, um, uh, we did some plumbing work and and uh, when he lived in Leewood in what he called the old city Green Street yeah. home, and uh, we did some work there. I never did meet him at that place. But then when he moved out to Squirrel Manor and um, a little bit farther south in Leewood, uh, one day I got a call, and I went out there. And he, uh, there was a water heater leaking, and, and you know he let me in. He says that hey, you know here's this basement, and I came up. And I said, well, you need a new water heater, and um, he's well. And Ali said, I've got one on the truck, so I put a, I uh, got the heater, got it all installed, and then I was pulling it up from the basement, and he said, what are you going to do with that? I said, well, I think I'm going to turn it into steel wool, and then I'm going to knit me a barbecue grill out of it. And that's the kind of humor that Mike liked. You couldn't tell him a joke. He hated jokes. But if you had a sense of humor, that's the kind of person that, that he liked, I found out over yeah. the years. But um, he says, what are you doing? And he says, what time you go to work? And they said, "I want you to call me on my radio show tomorrow." I said, "Radio show?" I said, uh, "I says, are you Mike Murphy?" He says, "Yeah." He said, "Here's a number." He says, "This is a, a hotline number or something like that." He says, "You call me," and he says, "I want you to call me right at seven uh, twenty-eight or something like that." Well, Mike had was the uh, had a listening audience like nobody had in the country. He was doing like thirty or forty percent of the population, radio population, of drive time, and his stick was: if you're listening to the show, uh, throw your back seat out in in the highway and stuff like that. Well, uh, I was excited. Of course, I'm starting a business and and always and self promoting, kind of a ham to you know kind of guy, and so I called him. And it was amazing what that did to my business. And um, he and I became friends. Oh, I do too. You
0: you know, and it's because we all know him as Mike Murphy. Oh
1: yeah, no. And it's just,
0: and he he was so much larger than a show. He reminds me a lot of Toby Tobin. You know that that becomes, you know, uh, becoming a legend in a town isn't just about time. You know, it's the impact you have on people's lives, the relationship that the listeners create with you. And Toby and Mike Murphy are just one of a kind, or I guess two of a kind, you know, that cr- that generated that relationship with people.
1: Well, and Mike, whenever, you know, he, he had customers, I mean, he had clients that wanted to do business with him because it would help their business. Mm-hmm. And he got enrolled in that. I mean, if somebody yeah. wanted him to do a live spot, he really wanted to help them out. Yeah. And um, he was a real giving kind of a guy. Yeah,
0: you know, and he was he was an introvert. He didn't like uh, you know big crowds or anything like that. But I have no doubt that if he were still around, that he would do my show just because he loves Kansas City more than he loves his privacy.
1: Oh yeah, he'd be on here.
0: He'd be telling stories about all kinds of people and things like that. And it's just you know, it's I try not to live with the regret of the people I missed, and so I try to find and look for people that um that lived their life you know like mike murphy did and it's just and you're one of those people that kind of captures that and it's um so uh, online if you want to call into the show the phone lines are open i have on line one we'll go ahead and um rocco let's go ahead and go to line one with jim eddie who's another person that i <laughs> ab- absolutely love and captures the spirit good morning, good morning. jim how are you all doing we are fantastic and even better now that you're here
2: i got to tell you, Roger and the Eddie family go back in the early 70s, maybe 71, I
0: think, somewhere like that.
2: Anyway, I could tell you stories all day about Mr. Plummer.
0: Well, do you have a good story that might make him blush? I think I do. <laughs> all right, I'll take that. Let's go we were there. We
2: sitting around uh, our prairie village, Loaf and Stein, one day. Jeanie Fraser worked at the bank across the street and Jeannie and her husband and Bob Davis, who was uh, the general manager of Roach Cadillac, and his wife, Trish, and I'm trying to think of the other two other couples, and Roger and myself, and we all, five or six of us couples, had a dinner club. We'd go out to dinner once a month and go to one of their homes, and we'd have appetizers, and we'd go out to dinner. And while we were sitting there that day, in the afternoon, Roger pops in there, and we got to talking and he had a little pager on his, you know, back in those days when they get a call, it beep, beep, like a doctor head, one of those doctor pagers. And it went off and Roger had a call and he was taking over kind of for his dad, Arlie, who was a great guy, uh, who founded Peugeot plumbing company. Did I say that right, Roger? You got it. And so we're sitting there and he says, I got to go. I got a call. And he said, well, you're now Roger the Plumber. You're the head guy, and I think we named him that day back in the early <laughs> 70s. He became Roger the Plumber. And uh, I'll never forget when you were doing commercials and telling people you were promoting your drain cleaning systems. And I'll never forget this. And he said, these are the things that will stop him up. <laughs> he started naming all these kind of things, and the last thing he said was, and I love celery most of all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Remember that, Roger? Oh, yeah. Celery, artichokes, banana peels, and uh, tennis shoes. <laughs> That's right.
2: Anyway, my wife and I have never put celery stalks or anything into the disposal <laughs> ever since that, because when you said we love celery best,
1: <laughs> you, well, you-,
2: you stopped the world.
1: Well, you know, Jim, I think that um the 70s was definitely a time that we got better related, but I remember going uh, you know, my dad's took me with him when I was like 10 years old. And um when did you move into the house on Wananga? Was that in the, the the late 40s? 41. 41. Okay, so I think that we met in um I think we probably met in 55 or 60 because sure. we were coming to and your your dad's brother lived next door.
2: No, dear dear friend lived next door. Okay, Girl well. Training.
1: All right, but anyway, we went we went to both those houses and um and I remember your mom very well. Uh, I think I've shared this with you before and whenever you'd mm-hmm. go there she'd say what, what do you want? You want a sandwich or you want something to eat?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was mom. I'll tell you, uh, Robert, Roger was one of three people that we were felt so close to, my father and my brother and I, when we had all the Popeye's chicken franchises here. Yeah. Roger and Tony DePardo and Padre Warris, Father Gerald Warris, were the only three people that had a laminated card— in their billfolds that entitled them anytime they went to popeyes they were on the house those three people DePardo and father Wares, and uh, roger
1: well yeah. I, I bet there's some stories behind that group i've but. i've got i still carry I, I don't carry the card anymore but one time when i was cleaning out my billfold and i figured out that wasn't going to work anymore <laughs> <laughs> i, well, really I, I but i card. saved the card I'll, I'll bring it when we have lunch wednesday
2: I'll be looking forward to. I love to see that card again. But you and DePardo and Padre Wears were the only ones that had that. You all were so special to the Eddie family.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. Well, and 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 uh, you were part of naming Roger the plumber because uh, when you hesitate, Peugeot, nobody could say Peugeot. Yeah, Pujo. Yeah, but uh, I mean, if they could say if they could or they, if they could say it, they couldn't spell it. So. Yeah. Uh, I became one of the very few people in the world with the middle name, Duh. <laughs> Me and Smokey the Bear and Tony the Tiger. Isn't that crazy how some <laughs> of the best marketing ideas are, are that simple, <laughs> that created that easily? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, now, there's other head. people that like to take credit. Jack Frazier, that was Jeannie's wife. He always wanted to take uh, credit. But that was really a group effort um, when I yes, was, was. Um, take, starting my business.
2: Well, I remember your dad, Arlie, and your mom. Every you came Friday to my dad's night, funeral. I did. It was the Ronald McDonald House, right there in state line right. Boulevard, across yeah. the KU met. I remember that, and your dad and mom, every Friday night, religiously, came to the Lofenstein in Prairie Village, and we featured a filet mignon, a four-ounce filet mignon steak sandwich, and, it was, and we had a little charcoal broiler there. And we'd charcoal them, and we had a big crowd that came for those steaks on Friday night. But uh, your dad and mom, every Friday night, I got to visit with them. For many years, they came into the place there and, and always had the uh, steak sandwich.
1: Yeah, yeah man, the memories, that was good. The
2: memories, the memories. That
1: little strip steak you cooked was really good, too.
2: Oh, yeah. Those, you know what? As Robert and I have talked before. Thank God for memories, because that's what you have left as we get into this uh, fourth quarter. I'm in my fourth quarter. I haven't heard the overtime call yet, but I hope I do. Oh,
0: we, we will. <laughs> We're going to call overtime for you, Jim. Jim, you are Jim. You are always welcome to call into the show anytime. And if it's outside the hour of the show, you can call my personal cell phone anytime, day or night.
2: Uh, good. Roger, good to see you. I'll see you for lunch. All right.
1: All I'll right. see you Wednesday. Th- th- thank you, Jim.
2: Bye-bye.
0: You know, I mean, Jim Eddy is, I mean, he epitomizes what I love about Kansas City. You know, I mean, just the the, the, the character, the personality he has, the kindness, the generosity. You know, it's just, um, during this, you know, I had a vision for the show of what I wanted to do. And it's really based on an extension of what I do in the bakery, at the restaurant. You know, I, uh-huh. sit, I, I go out in the lobby and, and I just talk to people in the dining room. And we've always shared these stories. And I just thought it'd be fun. There might be potential of doing this for a few months on the air. But it's just, Kansas City, this, it, it shocks me how many dots we've connected. You know, the people that know each other and the stories that we hear. And I didn't move to Kansas City until 1986. Uh-huh. But I feel like I've lived here longer than that after listening to the show
1: and meeting people like Jim Eddy. Uh, people have this saying is, it's a small world. And it isn't. It's a big world unless you talk to people. Yeah. Once you get communication going, it's amazing what you can find out. Um, I, I mean, I've enjoyed that about myself. I mean, yeah. you can sit down in an airport getting ready for a plane, and if you strike up a conversation with the person, before long you find out that uh, they went to the different high school together. Yeah. <laughs> or, you do, know, do you remember crazy. what
0: year was it that Mike Murphy went to St. Louis? They offered oh him some huge God. contract was, and to go over there.
1: Um, I think that would have been in eighty in the okay. 80s sometime. Yeah,
0: so Mike Murphy, I'm mean, a legend in this town. That uh, some big radio station St. Louis, I can't remember if it's KOMX or somebody else. Yeah, that's else, it. But they signed him up to, to, to a huge contract to go over there and to recreate what he had here over there. Yeah, and I, it didn't last very long. You know, he just ate, and he. I remember him telling a couple of stories that he he'll never make that mistake again. He goes Kansas City is special. Well, we what we have here cannot be replicated anywhere else.
1: Yeah. Well, I heard his very first show in Kansas City, and he was on in the evening, and you could tell he was a pistol of a guy. He he had a promotion where he'd say, um, if you um, if you write in uh, fifty words or less, and we'll judge it on neatness and originality, we will send you a free coat hanger. <laughs> and if somebody did, he'd send him a nail, (laughs) and, uh, um, you know, he was just, I mean, it wasn't long on the evening show that they moved him to mornings, and that was really a boom. He had the odd squad, and the odd squad went down to Paola one day and liberated them, and he He had a big group of those people on a billboard at uh, Southwest Trafficway and Westport Road. He complained that all the other um, uh, personalities on the show that they had um, their own billboard, and he didn't have one. So he had a campaign to get one, and then they ended up that he had to paint it himself or something. But he had the Odd Squad go down there, and um, I never was involved in that because I I had to work. (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right, Roger. So back in the early days, for quite a while, you worked primarily in Johnson County, and, oh. and and so I know you've been listening to my show for a while. So there's been a few restaurants that came up from Johnson County. I had um, was it John Francis? Yes, you know, Chicken in the Rough.
1: Yep, we worked in that restaurant. Okay, yep. what
0: are some other older restaurants that you remember that Dragon were Dragon Inn? Dragon Inn. Uh huh. They're still around, right?
1: And uh, really, in the um, there was a there was a um, a little. A cafe, Margaret's Cafe, and it was at Seventy uh, Fifth and Medcalf, and that would have been on the east side. There was a McCall's gas station there. Okay. that's all changed now, and um, and it was just a little, you know, made in a factory, and then they brought it there. Okay, uh, we did work there. There was a hamburger place where the uh, uh, Burger King is right now. Okay, and it was called Pukanagi's, and it was a walk up. Okay, and man, they had good hamburgers. A walk up, a walk up, yeah. And uh, you'd get a hamburger and eat it in the car. It wasn't even a yeah. Uh, uh, and they uh, and my dad. One day we did some work for at the at that little place. But one day we went to his house. He had a problem there, and my da- it was over in Fairway, close to Bishop Miege, and it was a really nice house. And my dad said, "Are you?" How do you, how can you afford this place? You know, selling 25 cent hamburgers, I mean back then. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, "Well, I sell a lot of them." He said, "I get here early and I stay late. That's how I do it." So, um, but that was that's really old. Now, that's going to be before the, you know, the oh. I mean, any time that we've oh, ever my, discussed my, my, on my my time
0: window is is flexible. Oh, yeah. So, you know that that intersection of 75th and Metcalf, I've had a few Listeners kind of getting arguments about the name of certain restaurants that have been there because it's a big intersection, but there's there hasn't been a lot of clarity of some of the. Do you remember any other restaurants that were well? Right the food there? host that okay.
1: was there, um, and th- you know I can't recall the other one. Um, it it uh, eventually it became Peaches, okay, and that was a they sold a record store, and it was really a popular place. Sure, but now that you know that that business is out. The other one that um, uh, my friend Tom Leathers, he's the only one that could name the name of the restaurants at, the, at, um, at 95th and Knoll, and it began Reagan's. And there was a Hereford house in there, and I think there was nine different restaurants in there. Reagan's made it, um, and they had a little place over on, uh, on Johnson Drive that eventually got torn down, and Sprint went in there. It was United Telephone uh, at one time, but then Sprint went in there, uh, so they tore that little shopping center down. But we did a lot of work for the Reagans, and um, I think Gary Reagan is still around. um, There was uh, three boys, and they had a a really nice operation. They had a, a hamburger called Chef Burger, and he was a high quality. There was an A&P store there. And he would go over there and have them grind the meat the way that he wanted it. He had a sauce that was just unbelievable, poppy seed buns, um, cut his own French fries. And then he added to the menu. And eventually, he had a store on Medcalf at um, eighty, about 80th and Medcalf, just on the east side, right next door to the... Um, White Haven, and then he moved down to 95th and Knoll, and then he had a place in Redbridge and eventually he had a place down in Westport I think it was called maybe the uh riverboat Westport riverboat something like okay. that um but that was a another uh, popular very popular place in um in, 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 okay. uh, in Johnson County
0: all right Roger so I've got a lot of people that don't want to talk to you personally but they're sending me texts
1: ah so let's let's,
0: let's, let's tackle a couple of these that's do the you, story of my life uh, <laughs> okay do you um, remember anything about the leather bottle and or Maggie Jones with the Gaines family at Landing Shopping Center
1: oh yeah yeah what we you, went there frequently that was a hot spot what? that was a Gaines restaurant okay yeah
0: what can you tell me? Tell us about that. I've 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 heard it before, but I haven't heard any stories. What kind of place was that?
1: Well, um, it was upscale. It was on the on the. On a, I would say like a, a the decor was kind of like a Plaza Three. Uh, they had really good steaks. Uh, they um, you know seafood back in the seventies was something that you rarely got fresh seafood, and they had really good fresh seafood. Very. Um, the you know they, it was a good operation. Real good. Okay. Um if I remember right they had red, red leather um booths and it was yeah. really it, it was a it was okay. really a swanky place. All right,
0: so the next question had to do with Mike Murphy's radio show. Uh-huh. You remember um the Secret Santa, Larry, the oh, Secret yeah. Santa? What can you tell us about him?
1: Well um he wasn't so secret <laughs>
0: okay. Well, you know, because there, there, I, I didn't know who it was. So g- this is going back, what, in the 80s? Yeah, that yeah, was back the 80s. Yeah, in the 80s. The 80s and he, a he came Santa. up with
1: this idea. He hit the jackpot and he had uh, resources and he did this on his own in the beginning. He'd just go down, he'd just go and give some people $100 bills. Right. Eventually, he had to have a uh, someone with him because there was fear that. Um, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't like he reached in his pocket and pulled yeah. out a $100 bill. I yeah. mean, he had money in his hand, and he was going around handing it Well, I remember hearing out.
0: stories about him. He'd go down to, like, the plaza
1: or Westport or
0: um, oh, yeah. that, different he, places. He, and he went
1: all over town. He went all over town. Um, I He liked to enroll people to help him with that. right. And the way that he would enroll it is he would invite you to go. And he'd hand you, you know, a couple of, I mean, he'd hand you money. I mean, I don't know how much it was. Yeah. And he says, we're going to go down here. And he says, you know, you just look them over and see if you think that they could use it. And, um, and then, you know, he'd hit you up. I don't mean that in a bad way. Right. But that's how he enrolled you into his program to where you donate money and then you, you could be a money part of time. that. And yeah. and it was it was a blast. I had so much fun. I think we I think myself, I think I gave away about three thousand dollars in a very short period yeah. of time. We ended up downtown and we were over um we were on ninth street and this would be just after they built the federal building and so that was k- kind of a part of town where there was some homeless people there was you know business people yeah um it was lunchtime and i mean it was just a blast people coming out to have lunch and just hand them a hundred dollar bill yeah. and they just cry and hug you and
0: you know what that's i mean that was part of the classic mike murphy because then he would do the salvation army drive Oh, and yeah. And we met him several times through that. That's where I first met him in person. Yeah. You know, and, and and he would get I mean, it'd be a huge fundraiser for Salvation Army. Oh yeah. And the people donating and making issuing business challenges and things like that.
1: Yes. I uh, he got recognized by the Salvation Army for Man of the Year or yeah. one of those kind of awards, and I went to that dinner with him. And um and that's when his really his introvert yeah. part showed up. I mean yeah. you when he accepted it, the oh, he hated the, the that board, Yeah, yeah, he was very uncomfortable. Yeah, and he he really needed support. The people at at the table, we, you know, we all realized this is uncomfortable for him. But, yeah, um, it, it was a nice evening. Yeah. We really had a good time. Well, okay, with that.
0: listeners out there, if there's any of you out there that worked with Mike Murphy back in the eighties, nineties. Um, I'd I'd love to get a hold of one of his producers that worked with him. Oh, him book Andrew gets.
1: would. I don't know if Andrew listens, but Andrew was a uh, producer. Um, he was going to uh, college out at the Nazarene College in Olathe. He was a music major. Okay, and um, I used to. I
0: what visit. do you do? You know what he does now?
1: No, I don't know. Okay. I think he probably got into teaching. Okay, he was a real sharp guy, and he could get. Um, you know, there was times when he would have a guest that would fall through and they'd say, Hey, can you be down here in an hour or something like that? But, um, I mean, once Mike and I got related, then he would ask me, have you ever been in this house? Yeah. Have you ever been in this (laughs) place? And I said, yeah. He said, what's it like in there? I want to know. And um, one day we were involved in a—very rarely did we get involved in remodeling, but we had a, a, a very prominent mansion that uh, they were getting a complete redo. In fact, the guy that owned the house, he—I uh, I said, my God, you have completely transformed this house. I said, this is—I'm this is, glad business is good or something like that. And he says, well, he says, I gave my wife an unlimited budget to get this job done, and she went over it. <laughs> and this house had a seven-foot bathtub in it. which Oh, is, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, it had every fixture. It had a, a fixture to brush your teeth. It had uh, a foot wash. It had all this fancy plumbing in it. And uh, I told Mike, I said, uh, I told him where I was working, he says, I want to go see it. And I said, well, change your clothes. I'll give you a Roger the Plumber shirt. <laughs> and he got in my truck and rode over. Apprentice and, for a day. and just, yeah, yeah, apprentice for the day. Now, the house was empty. I mean, it had workers. I mean, I bet there was 20 workers in there, yeah. painters and, and electricians and stuff like that. And um and so we went through the whole house because it and you know, the people didn't ever know yeah. and I'm not gonna mention it no, now, no, but no um it was uh, it was a Mission Hill. Kind of house. an early
0: version of lifestyles of the rich and famous.
1: Yes. All yeah. right,
0: Roger, we're gonna take a quick break. Um I'm gonna give you a little homework assignment. So during the break I want you to think of the number one restaurant. That you miss from the seventies, eighties, or nineties that you wish you could go back and visit right now. All right, so think about that. We'll do all that.
1: It's already on my
0: mind. (laughs) Well, that that's going to be easy. All right, so listeners out there, um, if if any of you know who Andrew was, that was one of the producers for Mike Murphy. Shoot me an email message. My uh, personal email that we'll give out is Robert at MakeThemSmile.com. That's my personal email address. So if you have any leads for the show or if you know who that is, because I'd love to honor Mike Murphy and tell some more stories. It's um, pretty much any of the guests with the exception of probably the UFO and all that kind of stuff, I would love to have on my show to relive all that. (laughs) But um, so our phone number, we'll go go ahead and open up the phone lines for Rocco. The phone number is 913-586-7798. If you have a question for Roger, about any of the restaurants or things in Johnson County or even anywhere in town back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We'll take that. If any of you have an odd or have a question about an old restaurant or something like that, now would be a great time to call. Uh, we'll get you taken take care of on that. Now, if you love food and w- food and want to become a part of the process, be sure to follow Best Regards Bakery Cafe. The number one way is to go to our w- uh, website, which is MakeThemSmile.com and sign up for my email, top left-hand corner. Once or twice a week, I send an email giving update on what's going on with uh, Kansas City Food Memories, the radio show. I also talk about some of the newest products and things that maybe we're thinking about or doing like that. The second thing is go to Facebook. Follow us on there. Our Facebook business page has over 15,000 followers. And about two or three weeks ago, I posted a question, what do you want me to make with tomatoes? I got almost 1,000 responses, and that resulted in our current uh, tomato festival menu that we have. And if you've been putting off going to Best Regards Bakery and Cafe for a while, now is the best time to go. If we've learned anything on this show is that you can't take anything or anyone for granted, live life today, and enjoy the places that you want to give try. We're celebrating our first annual tomato festival because of her Facebook post. And if you think that, if you're like me, and you think that bacon used to taste a lot better than it does today, you actually, you're right, and there's a reason for that. Back then in the day, if you knew somebody that had a farm and they raised hogs for themselves, those black hogs with the white feet, those were called Berkshire. And the reason they raised those hogs is that they were friendly. If you had a couple acres, they could feed themselves. And the flavor was absolutely fantastic. The problem is that when the factory started taking over in the 80s and 90s, Berkshire hogs hate to be penned up. So they switched to a different breed that grew more consistently in size, grew a lot faster. And was cheaper to raise. And that's what they um, that's the bacon that we eat from the grocery store now. I found a place that's called Paradise Awkward Meats up in Trimble, Missouri. They actually sell Berkshire, field raised Berkshire hogs, uh, the bacon from them and other, other pork products. So they actually contract the local farmers, and so the bacon we use actually has that old school taste that's naturally sweet. So our BLTs have six thick-cut slices of Berkshire bacon. Locally grown tomatoes on our sourdough bread. So if you're in the mood for an amazing BLT, come try it. Come come give us a try. The gazpacho is the big seller for us right now. And if you have if you're kind of a classic and you want the caprese salad, we have it three ways. Just go to the website. You can see a picture of some of the things that are there. And then lastly, on best regards for the bakery treats, uh, we're the best place to go to in Kansas City. Number one, try the Carrie's lemon bar. We named after employee that helped us uh, perfect that recipe. And over the past 30 years, you may not know this, but we've built a reputation for having the best variety of amazing cookies. And did you know that we actually make over 20 different quarter pound cookies that we individually wrap? The top two I would suggest if you knew is try that chocolate crinkle cookie that melts in your mouth or try the cranberry orange cookie. And if we're ever going to become famous for one of our cookies, it's probably going to be that cranberry orange. So come give that a try. All right, Roger, who'd you come up with?
1: Well, I would like to go back to Al-Rabai. And that was a little hole-in-the-wall restaurant. It was at uh, um, about 84th and Warnell. And it was one of Mike's favorite places. And they had a steak Oscar. And um, it was, uh, they would put a little bit of this brown sauce uh, on the on the plate, hot plate, and then they would put a... Uh, filet on there. Then they had a hollandaise sauce or a bernaise sauce that had a ground up crab meat in it. Ugh. And then, and then on, on top of that there was um, a, 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 well no they would pour that on afterwards but then on top of the steak they would put a little cr- piece of crab meat about three inches long so it hung over the steak. Ugh. And then on top of that was a mushroom all
0: right, I, I, I'm then, regretting asking you this question. And now. then three
1: or four pieces of uh, um, vegetable, and oh, uh, what was the name of this restaurant? Al Rabai. And then he poured the sauce over the top of it, and it was just fantastic. I Holy mean, the smirks. first bite and the last bite, you would then get in then the the that brown sauce. I don't know what that was. Oh. But the carrots was something to die for. And I love carrots. And my wife fixes carrots for me all the time. But they were cooked in rose water. And um, and at the end of the meal, you could order Turkish coffee. And it was just thick, gooey stuff. And you'd drink it. And then all the grounds was in the bottom. And one of the chefs from the back, and sometimes it was al-Rabai, he would come out and you'd dump it on the plate and then he would read your fortune from the coffee grounds. <laughs> oh man!
0: Okay, so um, after the show, I'm going to get the spelling on the name of the restaurant. I can think of two people that might know Ed Holland. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to. I'll give Jasper a call after the show this uh-huh. afternoon. I'll give him a call to find out what what they know about about this place. It and that. was a
1: booming place, and I think that was in the 80s. And okay. I, I mean, he ran one time. Mike told me because Mike promoted the 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 show and. Okay. I mean, promoted the restaurant, right. and Mike told me, he says, they ran 500 people through there on a, either a weekend or a, on a Saturday night, and it was a small place.
0: Okay. All right. I have another question on the text line here. So you remember the Whitehaven oh, yeah. Hotel that was on Metcalf. Well, Somebody's asking, what's the name of that restaurant next door to them that had the fried cheese sandwich?
1: That was, uh, that, that was Reagan's. That was Reagan's? That was Reagan's restaurant, yeah. So yeah, what, I, what kind of a
0: restaurant was that?
1: Um, it was more of a, well, it started out as a burger joint okay, and, um, they, but they were famous for that chef burger and okay. it was really a, a, a hot item in Kansas city. Um, but I mean, probably the first upscale, uh, hamburger that I remember, even though way, Winstead's, they, they had more of a traditional kind of a smash burger, I guess you'd call it. And it was good. But then they came up with, with, um, with this Chef Burger. It was very popular. Um, like I said, they had the place in Fairway. That was okay. the beginning. That gotcha. uh, actually okay. it was in Westwood.
0: All right, so um, somebody, uh, another random text. I'm not sure if they're going to talk about you or Mike Murphy. But they said they loved that he would go to laundromats, uh, thrift stores, and bus stops. So I'm guessing that's probably about Mike Murphy. Or did you go to laundromats and bus stops?
1: Uh, no. Uh, well, we we went there to give away money. Okay. So when we went to the bus... Oh, that
0: could be what that's about. Oh, there. yeah. Okay. We
1: would stop at bus stops and give, give away the money. Now, I know Mike did it more than I did, and he might have done more of that. We were walking on the street, but we did stop at... Um, uh, in fact, one time we went to the bus station that was downtown um, and walked through there. But I think Mike liked to pull up and put the window down. It was he always drove a limousine had a had a driver, yeah, and I think Mike would like to ride in the back and just roll down the window and 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 you know wave people over
0: okay, so before um uh, we'll go to the phone line in just a minute. Uh, what do you remember about the wishbone?
1: The wishbone was um I mean there was an original wishbone restaurant right. and then eventually. Um, uh, a guy named Stanford, um, uh, he, he, he turned it into, a, he, he turned it over. I mean, he changed the n- name and, and opened it up, but I used to take my kids down there and we'd teach them table manners and, uh, yeah. and that, and I knew the guy that, uh, that made the Wishbone salad dressing. Okay. He was a customer of ours. He lived out on 82nd and Nall and, um, I can't think of his name right now, but, uh, um, I mean, it was fried chicken. Yeah. It was home style.
0: Is the wishbone salad dressing still around? Is that a brand still? Oh yeah. 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 Well, I, I mean, remember I grew up in Wichita. So I remember that was a big deal, you know, that, you know, buying the wishbone salad dressing in the stores and, and, well, and living down there. I didn't know that came from a, an actual restaurant in Kansas City. Yeah.
1: That was a family recipe and, uh, I, i it was made here in Kansas City. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, craft or somebody came along and bought it and made him a wealthy man. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, anybody wants to do that for us. I'll, I'll, I'll sell yeah. any of my recipes <laughs> that they want. <laughs> All right. So, um, Rocco, let's go to line one. We have Mike.
3: I get drawn in listening to this stuff? I worked in the restaurant distribution business for 40 years. And I remember a million places, pioneer grill and La Le Bonavere's, and I, uh, the ones I was calling in about, was a, was there a seafood restaurant at like 75th and Warren L called uh, The City Scene? Do
1: you yeah. remember that, Roger? Yeah, I remember that, yeah.
3: And that was where I first tasted monkfish. Monkfish got real popular right then. It was like a version, yeah. you know, like it tasted like lobster, and that was real popular. And then there was S&J Oyster. I'm sure people have mentioned that.
0: Mentioned who?
3: S&J Oyster.
0: Um, I, d- I don't know. if I've heard of that one.
3: Yeah, I know. Ward Parkway.
0: So I'm what? guessing you were a seafood distributor.
3: Well, I've distributed everything. Yeah, uh, from the '70s on. And I I timed. I was in the car all day, going place to place. I timed my sales calls to be able to listen to Mike Murphy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, I met him and talked to him. He he had a guy on there one time that was a uh, a professor of sociology from back east and he had a jersey accent and this guy started talking about vampires he knew all about vampires (laughs) and you could hear murphy's voice change from skepticism you could hear his voice change like a like a kid to like well where do they live like what are we going to do and he says well we got to arrest them and this guy with his jersey accent he says you can't arrest it. He said, That's pretty aggressive, Mike. You can't arrest a guy just because he's a vampire. <laughs> and we've laughed about that for 40
1: years.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, his childlike wonder of anything supernatural and all that, I mean, it was just, it was infectious. Oh yeah. Because you wanted to believe and I'm sure he'd be having a field day right now with the Senate hearings and things like that going oh, on. Oh
1: yeah, he would. basically Kathy. She ate that stuff up. That's where he got it was from was yeah. from her. Oh, was it? Oh yeah.
3: Okay, so I said but when oh, I listen to when I listen to radio now, I miss that kind of radio so much. It's all this political junk and hate. And
0: right. Pronouns and, well, that, know, that's, that's
3: just all, it's just a wasteland anymore except for a show like yours.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. Well, you know, Mike, okay, so a little while ago I said I'll never talk about, you know, aliens and in, interterrestrial stuff like that. <laughs> if they actually release evidence that we got aliens in Roswell, I will dedicate a whole show <laughs> to that topic in honor of Mike Murphy. How's that?
3: That'd
0: be good. He'd, he'd be all for it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be for – well, I'll see if I can get somebody to do a seance and we'll bring um, bring Mike Murphy into the conversation. Well, well Mike, you
3: mentioned Gary. You mentioned Gary Reagan. I knew all the Reagans and all the restaurants and the riverboat. And uh, I knew Gary all a lot of years. Worked with him. I, I was in the Lady Baltimore, and he, of course, had a brokerage. And good guy.
0: Well, good. Well, well, uh, Mike, thank you for calling. And shoot me an email with your information. I may want How to talk I to you about a couple other things.
3: How about email?
0: You? Oh, my. Uh, well, my email is robert at make them and that's for all the listeners out there, if you have some information or have a lead for me on what direction to go, shoot me an email. I don't I don't mind that at all.
3: Okay, that doesn't matter caps or uppercase. No, nope, it doesn't matter at all. Robert at makethemsmile.com. Yep, yeah, that, okay. Enjoy that's it. me.
0: All right, shoot that to me. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: No, you know, uh-huh. for people that didn't experience the Mike Murphy show, it's kind of hard to describe, but you know, it it's there were, there were shows he had that, you know, he was doing because, you know, he was, you know, you have to have variety on the show. But then all of a sudden it would take a turn like he just said, you know, talking about sociology. And all of a sudden he mentions vampires. Oh, yeah. And and it's just, yeah, it's one of those things that some of the things to talk about, you know, you, you wish it were true, but, you know, we'll never find out in our lifetime.
1: Well, and, you know, he was a DJ. I mean, he started out playing music and then that career ended And he started the talk show, and it was just an amazing—he just—it just just flowed into that. And he had all the audience from the music playing days, and not because of the music. Yeah. It was because of his personality, and he got people lit up in this town. Yeah. And again, I repeat, he, he had an unbelievable market share. Yeah. And, I mean, he had more than St. Louis looking at him. He had oh, Chicago. Yeah. He had other places because of that market share. That's what people wanted. Right.
0: You know what's interesting is that, you know, how every every industry around are copycat businesses. You know, and radio nowadays, there's, I don't know anybody that does a true talk show. You know, there's a lot of talk shows that, you know, where they read the, you know, the, the news off the Internet. You know, it used to be the AP, UPI, all kinds of stuff. But now they just look at the internet, then they discuss their version of what they think and what we should think about those stories. And I don't remember Mike Murphy ever really doing that. I mean, he was always telling stories and getting people. He didn't tell the stories, he got other people to tell the stories.
1: Right. And he rarely had politicians on the air, but he did. Oh, I'm Um, sure.
0: But oh, he would have, um, oh gosh, some of the, the, the characters that were politicians that. Oh yeah, going back to the Pendergrass era.
1: Well, he that and I mean he loved Charlie Wheeler. Oh yeah, um, uh, but he wasn't on because he was a
0: politician. Yeah, he no. was on because he was a character. <laughs> he, yeah,
1: yeah, he he was. Um, uh, uh, oh, the uh, the gal that was uh, started out here in Kansas City. I'm not recalling her name, but uh, uh, she became a senator for Missouri. Uh, ha- uh, Haskell Haskell Haskell. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, he, he had her. I met her on the show one day. and um, But, you know, um, he caught on to, like, people like me that, you know, just regular people making a living. And, you know, everybody needs a plumber. I mean, I met, met so many people. I've met um, presidents. Um, I, I had a situation one time where one of my customers was having a, a fundraiser and their drain clogged up on a on a sa- Sunday night and um he had somebody call me and I went to this place and Secret Service let me in. They helped me carry my sewer machine in to open up the kitchen drain and uh cleaned up and um uh, they said, do you want to meet the president? I mean, because I got there quick and yeah. I did a, helped him clean up the water that was all over the floor yeah. and my hands were all dirty and I said, <laughs> no, I'll just wave at him. And they had this door between the kitchen and the, um, the they actually had a, a big ballroom okay. and, um, in this house. And uh, when the door swung open, it would swing right back shut. It would go either way, yeah. back and forth. And when the door swung open... The President Ford, he waved at me
0: that don't you wish you had actually got to meet him now?
1: Oh, I regret that so much. I oh. mean i I wouldn't have had to sh- shake his hand, no. but they were they were what people what what they were doing was the people that were there were coming up to get their picture taken with him. My God, they paid a thousand bucks yeah. to be there yeah. or whatever and um and they said you can get a pres- a, a picture of him. And I, I didn't do it. And I wish I would have. That yeah. would have been a cool thing because I have an ego wall okay. of um different things. I got written up in the uh, Wall Street Journal and a front page. I got that on the wall and and other things that, that you've been neat. Well, oh, you know yeah. it's
0: you know, and that we see these famous people through the lens of what the media the picture that they paint. You know, it's almost a caricature. You know, but sometimes some of these people you meet in person And they, you you feel, you can sense the magnetism, the art that they have that's different from other people.
1: Yes, and as a plumber, you get into their most personal places in their house. And uh, uh, one time Murphy asked me, no, it was, I did a show with uh, David Lawrence, too. And I I did that for 23 years. But one time David said, I want you to, he said, when you're out in the house, I want you to look at... uh, the radios. He said everybody's got a radio in their bathroom because they want to listen to the radio in the morning. He said, "I want to see what station they're on." <laughs> and so he had me going around. I mean, yeah, and, and, finding and, out what and, station. And, Did, and no. I asked the guys, "I said, look, if you don't be touching their radio, don't mess with oh, it." Oh, so you but, didn't
0: change any of the stations? Yeah, just to see if you
1: can tell what channel, what station it's on. And um, and one time there was a real prominent person here. That owned a very large corporation. That uh, he was listening to sixty-one country in the morning, and um, uh, David just was shocked. He says, "I'm going to call him and see if he'll be on my show." <laughs> <laughs> and he did. And the guy says, "I don't want to be on the on a country western show yeah. or something like but that." But I know you listen to me in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but he wondered how he found how he found that yeah. out. All
0: right. Okay, Roger. So what are the topics that the number one topic that comes up on this show since day one is fried chicken? Uh-huh. So two questions for you. Number one, what's what was the best fried chicken place that you remember going to that you miss?
1: Well, there was two places. I really enjoyed Stroud's. That was my go-to place. Okay. But I did enjoy going down and having some fried chicken at Ruby's. Okay. And it was more the atmosphere um, you know, it it really was like going into somebody's house. The, the decor, um, uh, there was no commercial equipment in there, it was all residential ovens, oh, yeah, crock pots, yeah, stuff like that. And, uh, um, it did was you go real, there very
0: often? I Rubies? went
1: there, uh, pretty often. Okay. Yeah, I had a friend that lived down there in the neighborhood, and we would meet up down there. In fact, I got an interesting story about that. I Okay,
0: hold on to that story. Okay, I don't want you to tell that today. Okay. Because the reason that you came in on short notice today was I was originally going to have a show on Ruby's. Oh, really? Yes. So I found a, a gentleman that was um, that was close to the family, close to Ruby. Uh-huh. In fact, he was one of the pallbearers for Ruby when she was buried about 10 oh, years ago. Oh, wow. And so it's just um, he was going to have, but he had a family emergency come up, so he wasn't able to do it. So we're going to get some great um inside scoop stories on Ruby's soul food
1: there was a lot of uh, suits in there yeah. but there was a lot of overalls in there yep. a lot there of was cops, a, lot of a lot of police of tra- in there yep. yeah yep yeah i've
0: i've, I've read uh, a lot of stories about some of the from retired police officers from you know taking their lunch hour to go over and help her bust tables yes you know, and, and I've heard... But anyway, so we're going to do a different show on that. So we'll okay. save the story. So for the listeners out there, if you want to hear the stories about rubies, make sure you sign up for my email or just listen every Saturday so you'll be able to do that one. So if... if um Who else is there that? Was there anybody else? Uh, do you remember KT Friars in Lenexa?
1: Oh, yeah. I yeah. love that place. Yeah, we did work there. There was a time when um, my dad completely got out of the restaurant business because what would happen is... You would go there because you love their restaurant. Yeah. And the next thing you know, they'd (laughs) say, hey, I'm having a problem back here. Yeah. And um, you couldn't enjoy your meal. Yeah. So eventually my dad would just say, look, there's two things. I'd love to take care of your plumbing. Right. But I'm not going to eat here anymore. Yeah. Either you want me as a customer or I'll have you as a customer because that would happen. And that happened to me. I kind of carried that over. Well, not in the beginning when I took over the business, but um, I took everything I could take. But Casey Friars was a uh, it, it was a fun place and it had a lot of people hoping that it was really, really good. And it was good. Yeah but they were comparing it to some other yeah. chicken restaurants. It didn't quite meet the, the standard yeah. of Stroud. Well, you know, th-
0: that's it's so interesting, though, that everybody looks back so fondly over the, the fried chicken restaurants that, that used to be here but you just can't get to anymore.
1: Well, I tell you, that place burned. Yeah. And it, um, I mean, everybody wanted it back. Oh, and, I know. And, uh, I mean, it just, and they didn't do it. And it was a big upset the with The first people. time
0: I ever ate there was three months before it burned down. I fell in love with the place. I yes. invited my in-laws from Topeka. So we're going to eat here once a month. Yeah. We got to eat there twice before they had their fire. And then they never reopened.
1: Yeah. But it uh, it was a popular place. It was really a sad day when they finally said, we're not coming back. Yeah. And, the, and really, there's an app called Nextdoor, yeah. and people, you know, vent their feelings about things. And I can imagine what Nextdoor oh, would have yeah. been like. Yeah. All right,
0: Roger, <laughs> so we're coming up uh, towards the end of the show. Is there any other restaurant or place that you want to share a quick story of before we run out of time?
1: Um, well, I've already talked about my favorites. Um, um, Quick's Barbecue was my favorite oh. barbecue. I love their fried sausage. Oh, my God. That was just fantastic. And I could not drive past that place. Mm-mm. I would go out of my way. If I had to go downtown to pick up parts or something, I could take I-35 and be there in a hurry. But all of a sudden, I found myself right. on South. So, listeners, Boulevard. if
0: there's anybody from the Quicks Barbecue family that still lives here in Kansas City, shoot me an email. I want to talk to you. Well, I mean, but I I remember that was Hayward's was the number one place I fell in love with, and then Quicks. Uh-huh. But they would have their sausage; they'd slice it and then drop it in the fryer, give it a crispiness. It was unbelievable. It
1: was fantastic, and they had frozen candy bars. And the um, the waitress that worked in there, I think she worked there for forty years and retired. Okay, and that wasn't too long after that they closed up.
0: All right, yeah, I think that I think they had like Rib Wednesday, slab ribs for like ten bucks or twelve. Oh yeah. Bucks. All right. Well, um, be sure to come by and see us at Best Regards Bakery and Cafe. We're at 119th and Glenwood in Overland Park. That's two blocks east of Metcalf, across from the Cheesecake Factory, and next door to Johnny's. Remember, we're open every Saturday until 2. Monday through Friday, we're open from 8 to 5. But don't forget, the kitchen closes at 3. Even though this is our 30th year in business, we're always striving to get better, and as a result of this show, we're learning a lot about what it takes to stand the test of time and be remembered. So thank all of you, the listeners. Like a lot of the restaurants that we talk about here on the show, Sherry and I are always there at the bakery to visit with you and hear your stories or ideas for future shows. Lastly, don't forget that this and all of our past shows are available worldwide on all podcast podcast platforms. Just search for Kansas City Food Memories. Thank you, Roger. I appreciate you being
1: here. I'm glad to be invited. Thank you, Robert. This concludes this broadcast of Kansas City Food Memories.